to the Skeptic Wire. Okay, that peaked something fierce. Okay. <laughs> Here you want to try that again? We can. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Dog. Hi, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> it's episode 139. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm huh? stuck in uh, playing with a one and a half year old nephew mode, so I just want to go, yay. I Good know, for right? The choir. Good for the skeptic choir. W- one of the things that came up over Thanksgiving dinner with the family is w- how much better life would be if everybody rewarded each other like we do toddlers. If we went, yay, Gary, you did the intro to the podcast. Yay. <laughs> but you guys already do that, do we? He can speak. <laughs> <laughs> He can string words it, in a coherent it, sentence. It remembers the number from Donna. last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the 139th episode of the Skeptic Wire for the 4th of December 2013. I'm your host, Gary Lon, and with us this week, with us, me and my multiple personalities, is our, and were, uh, Donna Swafford. <laughs> I take my OCD and raise your multiple personalities. Okay. And back from parts unknown. Parts unknown? Places unknown? It was the east fucking coast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're... That's a pretty known place. Yeah. Uh, well, we discussed that. Uh, do they have technology there? We've... Yes, okay. they have we're technology. Just, yeah, we, we actually did, did discuss whether or not you were lost in this land of non-technology. Well, okay. Wait a minute. Being away wait, on... wait, wait, wait. Greg Brine. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Perrine, who, because he's been away on vacation, kind of, and, and just kind of doing family stuff, kind of feels like Lois Lane at the end of Superman 2 after she got kissed by Superman and she forgets everything. I kind of have that, so what's happening in the world kind of mentality with my brain that is just like is is just I missed everything for a week. So apparently, some car driving actor died, and it was a thing. Yes, it was a very big thing on Facebook. <laughs> just Facebook, okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't like an important real world thing. Like, oh my god, Michael Jackson died. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Paul Walker yes. died in a car crash. Who's on- Paul Walker? Paul Walker is the star of the Fast and the Furious movies, movies dedicated about racing cars. So get the irony here. An actor who makes racing movies dies in a fiery car crash while he may or may not have been racing his car with a friend of his. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of irony there. But Twitter and Facebook fucking exploded. (laughs) I'm not kidding. There was... Literally a collective shit on society of, oh my god, this guy is dead. Now, when the story first came out, a lot of people were all like, oh, he, is he dead? Is he not? Because of the rapid... The typical hoax. Right. Jackie Chan dies every week, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, a lot of people were like, 
oh, hey, it's TMZ who's reporting it. It's yeah, not known. Wanna, let's, yeah, let's admit it. TMZ is not known for their, how shall we say, stellar follow-ups and truth and reporting and that stuff. You know, they're... Yeah, what's that, what's that, what's that called? Um, <clears throat> investigative reporting? Right. Well, as the night progressed, the AP, CNN, NBC News, IBM Times, everybody started reporting, no, he really is dead. A friend of mine posted about, I don't believe he's dead. And I was all like, hmm? You go, Elvis. So I mean, I can understand, like like you said, if it's TMZ or the Daily Mail, or, or if you look down and say, oh, it's The Onion, don't worry about it. But right. CNN and the AP and all that stuff? Right. And so I posted in there, his official Facebook, his official Twitter have reported it. And he goes, well, those could have been hacked. And there was some Facebook page that was called R.I.P. Paul Walker was set up two weeks ago. I'm telling you, this this is this is totally fake. Well, guess what, friend? I was right. The AP did not <laughs> fail me. I trust the Associated Press. I mostly trust CNN. I mostly trust NBC. But I, when ten thousand websites, ten thousand news agencies are going, uh, yeah, the guy's dead. You can actually <laughs> trust Fox News for that too. Yeah. They love death. It's kind of like the opposite of what we're used to, skepticism fail, where people are being too skeptical. Right. And I just want to say, friend, because I'm not going to name you, and I don't. I know you don't listen to the podcast anyways, but... you know who you are. <laughs> you owe me an apology, because I'm the one who said, hey, these official channels of his are reporting it. Basically getting told, oh, well, they could have been hacked and everything else. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't get it, because... Okay, it's sad this this guy's died, but I don't understand why everyone was so upset about it. It's not as if the person was, I don't know, someone contributing a lot back to society. You know, it's a, it's an actor. Okay, it's sad that the actor died. And it's kind of you know the irony that he died in a fiery car crash. Right. Even an actor who would be it. big into charity and does a lot of feeding the homeless or something, it's like, well, they're giving back to society, but. They're not a linchpin to society, right? right. And so it's so like th- when Paul Newman died, right? Okay, that's a re- because he did give a lot to society, right. or, or someone who has done. How do they keep movies? making the salad dressing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like his popcorn better. Okay, he makes popcorn. Yes, he does. Wow, they take individual stem cells from his decaying body <laughs> and make it into popcorn. Wow, uh, <laughs> my confusion is. The people who are posting, as far as I know, have nothing to do with this uh, uh, Mr. Martin in any capacity other than having seen one the of the Fast six and the Furious films. movies. <laughs> I don't know if he's known for anything else. He's done a couple other movies. He's done. He did Varsity Blues, the TV show. He's done a okay, couple of things. So nothing. Nothing major. Nothing. You know. Nothing. Paul Newman esque. Uh, yeah. So Honestly, I he, I not think, even a legend in acting. So, so to be yeah. upset about someone like you know that you don't really know, I don't, I don't really. I mean, you I you do care. get attached to people who are celebrities because you find out so much about them. You start to feel like you know them. They're part uh, yeah, of your little tribe. I guess that's true. So instinctually, you can understand like you get disappointed, but the but a like a serious outpouring of. Grief, yeah. 
Yeah. Beyond just, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll have some toast. <laughs> <laughs> but but also the, the huge display, I can't believe he's dead. It's like, right. well, people well, die all the time. Also, I think it's also, he was a younger guy. He was only 40 years old. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I'm beyond 40. I'm okay. So am I. So your your days are numbered. Yeah, No, I think much. your days are numbered. <laughs> I've I've gone beyond 42. I'm not living on barred time yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> Anything could happen between now and your 40th birthday. Anything. <laughs> well, and the podcast takes a dark turn. I'm not accepting any gifts oh, from like you for the last three years. Oh, like talking about somebody's death and saying, I don't care, isn't dark. And, and making popcorn out of someone's decaying yes. body. <laughs> yeah, I kind of block that from my mind. <laughs> then I'll just keep repeating it over and over and over again. But what I was saying, though, is relatively younger actor, dies in a fire car crash, very reminiscent also of, like, Steve McQueen, James Dean, sort of thing. And these were, again, two celebrities whose death really did kind of impact society at the time. But... but- was was Paul Martin as big of a personality as, say, James Dean? James Dean had only done a couple of movies. No, but that's not my point. Culturally, was was he as like James Dean? And ev- it's Paul Rebel. It's Paul Walker. Walker. <laughs> he invented Martin. the Adat Walkers from Star Wars. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I okay. I wasn't around when James Dean was. No, no, but, but in... okay. But James Dean did make some iconic films, and that's yeah. kind of the point. But this guy made car films. I know a lot of people who are really into cars. Okay, so I think for a certain segment of society, probably did. Okay, and I guess I guess I never realized that <laughs> people really like Fast and the Furious. Anyway, doesn't uh, whatever. But we've we've ranted enough about death. How now. about how about life and birth and affirming stuff like that? I don't know. Sure. Is the person dead? <laughs> Probably. Well, we got a fifty-fifty on that one. Yeah, this person died January of twenty thirteen. Uh oh. Whoops. Okay, a spill. This person was born December 4th, 1920, and founded an organization to support a minority group. Like the NAACP? Um, <laughs> I asked no, a direct no. question, so yes or no? <laughs> I, I realize you asked a direct question. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase my response. No, uh, another minority group. Okay. Uh, to To help support gays and lesbians. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Hmm. Not Harvey Milk, because he died in the 70s. Male or female? I think he. She is female. Oh. Oh, well, this Mr. Clever Guy. <laughs> or girl. Yes. Um, this person started the organization because of her son, who was a gay activist. Did she start PFLAG? Yes, she did. Jean, Jean... Manford? Malford? Manford. You were right the first time, except the fact that it's not Gene Gene Manford. It's just Gene Manford. Okay, you get so many right, I have to be picky a little. I'm trying to handicap for Gary here. (laughs) I still think it's Gene Roddenberry. (laughs) Who wasn't female, as far as we know. 
I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Um, <laughs> in 1972, Gene's son, Morty, was handing out pamphlets at some political gathering and was basically beaten up while being arrested by the police because people still looked down on the gays back in the 1970s. Well, more than mm. they do now. Gene Manford wrote a letter to the New York Post to say, you know, I am the mother of this the protester and I think it's horrible how my son was treated. I support him. I love him and became very iconic at some of the next pride parades as being a mother who's supporting her son. And not a lot, a lot of that happened in the 1970s. So eventually she started a like kind of a, I guess it kind of started more as a support group, but then became more of an activism type group and officially became PFLAG many years later. And she's started that group. It's a good resource for gays, lesbians, or friends of gays and lesbians to say, okay, uncle so-and-so or grandma, whatever, I know you're uncomfortable with your grandson or granddaughter being gay or whatever. Here's some resources. Here's some people you can talk to who are supportive and all that. It's, it's often referred to as that kind of a helpful organization to help people understand what it's like. <laughs> and in 2013, right after she died, she was posthumously given the Presidential Citizens Medal by President Obama. Yeah. For her efforts to uh, help citizens and all that. So not purely like a science skepticism, but more of an activism and hum um, humanistic birthday for today. Well, most excellent. I think so. <laughs> and and that, folks, is the sum total of what I researched for this week's podcast. Right. But you did bring back some gifts for us. Some... Some nuggets of wisdom, perhaps, from the uh, Northeast. Yes, I did. Some things like plane travel skepticism. When mm. they say we're beginning boarding, stay in your fucking seat in the lounge. <laughs> Do not all group around the doors because not everybody's going to be able to get on in time. And you're not all group one. You know what? I want to bring up a... I want to bring up a bitch again about how many people fucking cheat that line. Yep. They're in group four, but they're growing, They're getting on the plane with group one. At least on this trip, I did see one woman who English was not her first language. You could pretty well tell that she understood that people were boarding. She walked up and the, the person checking the ticket said, no, no, you're in group five. Hold on. And she, I saw she came up again. So I went and stood by her and said, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm in group five, too. <laughs> like... And then group five came up and said, okay, we're in group five. Let's go. And I let her go first. That's a lot of groups. Yeah. Plus the, you know, we're boarding our service people and people with disabilities and our hmm. high class group type thing members or whatever. So, so did anybody on your flight have what, meningitis or anything? Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, we, we did have plenty of people who also the, the opposite side of the whole boarding process, the unboarding process. When we come to the stop at the gate, first of all, wait until we actually stop to unbuckle your damn seatbelts like you're told to do, like you're fucking kindergartner and understand instructions. And also, you don't have to immediately get up out of your seat. It's going to be 10 minutes before they open the freaking door. No, but to, to answer that, I do like to stand up because I, it's a stretch of the legs. Now, granted, yeah. if I'm near the window, I also have to hunch over. I do my yeah. best Igor impression, but <laughs> but there there, there is... I mean, I don't immediately start packing up and trying to, you yeah. know, elbow my way to the up the aisle. I just want to get out of my seat and not be sitting there. I understand, yeah. but there are a lot of people trying to do that. Yeah, as well. no, I, I get it. When I don't do that, I, um, <laughs> I 
I look down upon the people that do. And my last bit of travel. So you'd be looking down on me because I'm pretty <laughs> much, much one of those that, that the plane stops. They're all like getting up because I almost always sitting in an aisle seat. I'm yeah. the one standing up there going, come on, come on. <laughs> Namely because I usually have like 27 seconds to catch my connecting flight. <laughs> I realize that, but we all have to wait our turn. There's probably plenty of other people who are also missing flights because the snow and rain slowed everybody down. So everybody's all in the same boat. Flying boat. Yes, exactly. Okay. And one last bit of travel wisdom. When you have your friend drive you back from the airport at the end of your vacation, if you do this, have them wait a minute, go inside your garage and try to start your car. (laughs) Because I found a dead battery this morning when I tried to go to work. And your car is like all batteries. Well, half. (laughs) (laughs) Still kind of sucks. Yeah, kind of. So obviously something was sucking the The, charge out of your battery. No, no, it's just an old battery. Oh. Because I charged it up this morning on the way to work and it was dead on the parking lot on the way home. So that is why I am parked in the driveway right now. And if I, I, when we finish the podcast, I'm going to go outside with you guys. And if I can't start my car... I need a jump, and then I'm going to go drop off my car at the um, so just out of curiosity, you you have a you have a Prius, correct, or a Prius, depending on which country you're from. No, I do not have a prion disease. Okay, but what you're saying is that even though half of it half of your car is battery, like there's mm-hmm. a, there's a battery array in your car, correct? Okay, you actually have a starting battery. That is correct. Okay, so. So not only do you have to worry about the battery, but you also have to worry about the battery up front that actually starts. The right. Exactly. I had no idea. I thought mm. they just use. Yeah. Why can't you use the charge from the battery in the back of your car? Because I think that also ran down as well. Well, that's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I say, that's stupid. That shut you up here. <laughs> anyway, moving on. But you, you brought back a flyer. Well. No. Not really. Donna got a flyer in my stead because she was dog-sitting for me. Oh. So So the dog got a flyer. (laughs) Basically. I came over to check on Harpo one morning, and as I pull up, there are Jehovah's Witnesses walking through the neighborhood, and they're they're all like, hi, can we talk to you about God? And I'm all like, I'm just dog-sitting. And they're like, would you like a flyer? No. (laughs) I just kind of shut him down. I went in, took care of Harpo, everything else. A couple minutes later, took her for a little short walk, came back, left. Teacher Mike actually came by to check on her that evening. And when he came by, between the time that I left and he came to check on Harpo, (laughs) there was a flyer stuck in the door for for Greg and Harpo. I would guess that the witnesses are a little bit more organized to be at the same door, like send three people to the same house in the same day. So I assume they probably just waited until you were gone and then slipped it in the door. Yeah. That's what I'm they're, assuming. They're sneaky that way. But uh, it, it was interesting. <laughs> the the flyer they, they left. Can the dead really live again? No, no. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a shorter segment than I thought it would be. <laughs> and no, they're not talking about Walking Dead zombies or anything like that. No. Well, that because damn it. that particular part, I'm pretty damn sure can't happen. I, yeah, I don't think any of this. To a um, point. So anyway. the 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 middle section of this, I am going to scare you into believing flyer in that oh, your pe- people like you trip. love are going to die 
or you are going to die. So that's a bad thing. So like Paul Walker is going to die. Could he ever live again? Well, according to this, the Bible says there's going to be a resurrection. The Bible calls Jehovah's God the source of life. The God has re resurrected people in the past, and God is eager to do it again. Jehovah hates death. Then why did he make it? I, okay. <laughs> so there's all this stuff about how failing there somewhere. There's all this stuff about how God hates death. Right. And and four or five different Bible verses saying this is what it shows proof, actual honest to goodness. But leaving leaving out the whole Genesis Noah killing everybody on yeah. Earth thing, basically yeah. saying that the Bible proves the Bible is the proof that God hates death. Okay. Besides the fact that it's a circular argument, there <laughs> yeah, the sure. Bible proves the Bible proves the Bible. Right. On the back, they they have this fun little descent of man kind of cartoon of a baby into a toddler into a kid into a man into an old man of and you know why do we grow old and die and it says the bible answers that question and it gives you the bible chapter and verse but not the actual text it's interesting wow. that they give you the little quotes about how there's going to be a resurrection well, or that god is the source of life to be inspirational let's let's see if we can figure yeah. out uh what? I, oh, pulled, hey. I pulled up the Skeptic's Annotated Bible on this one. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay, because I've, I've got <laughs> – uh, recently in the news there's been the, the talk about the Bible app. Okay. Uh, which I have on my – and I use it exactly as uh, uh, Ken Ham or whatever the heck his name is uh, doesn't like us to do. Which Refutations. Is, yeah. But j interestingly, coincidentally, and perhaps, perhaps even a sign, as I open up – my tablet on my screen is reminder even five minutes with the bible can make a huge difference in your day want to try it now not now or yes you can probably turn those notifications off i've tried i've looked for those i can't oh and it only goodness. happens about once a week so. it's the app version of jehovah's witnesses it just Pretty won't much. let you alone yeah so now I have to find it. <laughs> so the reasons why we grow old and die are Genesis 3, 7 through 19. Well, that's the, uh, that's the eating of the... Right. The unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hasten uh, and eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow salt shalt thou eat in the days of thy life. Thorns and also thistles shall it bring forth, and all this kind of horrible stuff. So thistles. Yes. We grow old and die because we are bad. Yeah. If that's we a, weren't that's bad, yeah, that's a good we would be young and live forever. Because yes. So everything bad happens is our fault. They also say Romans 5, so why'd Mother 12, oh, never mind. which is, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into this world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that... All have sinned. I really hate the grammar of reading the Bible because it doesn't always flow nicely off the tongue. So, again, it's we are bad, so that is why there is death. And it's a lot of the typical religion victim-blaming kind of stuff. And it's just scary that to some people this will work. But I was I was thinking about how they're using the Bible to, quote, show how you can find solace in the bible for god loves life but we are bad so we deserve to die and i'm trying to think who does that really convince because if you've got someone out there who's like a baptist or a catholic or whatever 
they already believe essentially that the they believe in God, they believe in it. They're not going to just easily switch religions because the Jehovah's Witnesses are also quoting the Bible. If you've handed this track to a fully committed atheist, they know the silly arguments and are going to refute it. They're really looking for the weak atheists. I th I think the yeah. the well, people yeah, but... who haven't thought about it and maybe originally were some kind of religious but aren't really religious at all and yet they go to every single door to most people here especially down in Texas are Christian already so they're not going to get but, a lot of traction with, that but way but with any conversation argument or or debate you'll never get a dyed in the wool whatever yeah whether they be atheist or baptist or Christian or Muslim, you're always going for the people who are on the fence or who are open to, to, to the conversation. Because nothing we say here is going to convince anybody if they're dead set against right. it, unless they have the mindset that they can be convinced. Which is why I think the fence that they're looking for for people sitting on it is not the people of any really religious bent at all. Even like the, the Easter and Christmas Christians – are probably not going to say, oh, well, then I'll start going to a Jehovah's Witness thing every week because they already believe they have comfort in what they already have. So it's not even the, the fence-sitting Christians that they can get with this. It's people who've kind of given up on it entirely but not really thought much about it. Or the people who are in a moment of crisis. That's true. That's that as well. Maybe that's true. A, a Baptist who's thinking, wow, things are going really bad. And my Baptist preacher just keeps talking hellfire and death. And this flyer says that the dead can live again because. Or somebody Bible. who's just lost their parents or a child or something. Yeah. Or Paul Walker. Or Paul Walker. <laughs> we'll just bring it right back. <laughs> We are the masters of the callback, if nothing else. Is he a brother to Jimmy James Walker? <laughs> no. no. Okay. No. No, Jim, I think Jimmy James Walker was a brother, but uh, not Paul Walker's, Walker's brother. brother. Okay, so different different uh, family lines. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay, good. I mean, not good. Whatever. You guys know what I mean. Great. Excellent. Fine. Then. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so. I don't have a list of topics this week, so I'm looking to you to transition, Gary. I don't know well, what we're doing next. Okay. Actually, we had a viewer response. Yeah. Or yeah. listener response. Who said wait. that we are awesome at transitions and at not digressing. Strangely left and, that part out. And at the whole callback, funny joke stuff like Paul Walker, Paul Walker, Paul left Walker. Left that part out too. Left it completely out. Did call us ignorant though. Okay. Well. So, oh, Sorry. Did I, call us that we sound ignorant, not that necessarily we were ignorant. I am yeah. going to play the part of the listener in this scenario because as or aforementioned i was away from the world for a week so right. i even have i haven't even had the chance to download last week's podcast let alone listening to it okay so you're gonna have to tell me what the context of the discussion was and how this listener thinks you guys not me you guys <laughs> <laughs> that, that gary and i screwed up a a subject female podcaster and male podcaster interesting you should say that Yes. <laughs> because uh, we don't actually have names in the email, but we in, but we are uh, f uh, the female 
host and the, and the male host. Okay. It's, it's almost biblical, actually, only without the biblical part. And all the other shit that goes on with that. Yeah. Ooh, this is talking. Let the move on. This is getting creepy. <laughs> it's okay, getting creepy. So okay. last week, one of the things that we discussed was juicing diets. And not, not steroid diets, but juice yes, diets. Yes. Blender, fruit, and oh, apples. Oh, so you know, and the first thing I thought was Blueberries. Steroids. Yeah. And, okay. So we discussed this because there's a lot of people on Facebook who are touting the benefits of juicing diets and about how you can... Lose so much weight and improve your health through juicing. Juice cleanses, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Exactly. Now, I did make a comment that said Twinkies have no nutritional value. Because we are known, we are, if we are known for anything, it is our off-the-cuff comments. Right. <laughs> and I will... And our callbacks. Right. And I, will, I will say this. Twinkies have a small amount of nutritional value. They have a small amount of iron. They have a small amount of protein. Really? They have, but they have no known calcium or vitamin A or vitamin, vitamin C. C. I'm surprised about the vitamin C. And and technically, if you have a low blood sugar moment, it has some keeping you alive nutritional value in that it is sugar and a lot of food is sugar based. So, okay. So I will, I will step back from the, the statement that they have no nutritional value, but you, 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 when you meant it, you meant it no serious nutritional value. Exactly. Okay. Which is in the the vein of, uh, or the bugger. But uh, there's a, there's a phrase I'm looking for here. In the bugger, where are we going yeah. with this conversation? <laughs> no, no, uh, Twinkie enemas. I I don't think that they would actually work unless you <laughs> juice them. You would juice them <laughs> and a funnel. <laughs> do Twinkies blend? Yes, I think they do. The, the the statement was used in a certain manner to say that they have no nutritional value because you can't basically live off of them. Yes. You know. Okay. You, you could. I mean, the what was it? This supersize me thing, yeah. where the guy lived on Big Macs for a month or whatever. I mean, technically, it's got enough that you could. A Big Mac can live. You can. Te- technically, there's enough in a Big Mac and fries or whatever to live off. There's a little bit of vegetable stuff with the tomato and the onions or whatever, and there's the meat, the protein, whatever. So you can kind of live on that. But pro. But Twinkies by themselves. Don't give you all that stuff. No, they, they they don't give you the nutrition that the body needs to go. You you have to supplement. Now, so so what was the guy saying to say that there is nutritional value in Twinkies? Well, he cited a report that was on CNN in 2010 about a professor Mark Hobb, who is a professor of human nutrition at Kansas State University. No relation to Paul Walker. Okay. What this guy did is that he replaced several meals a day with Twinkies or Nutty Bars or... Doritos. Basically very (laughs) unhealthy food. Oh, my dream. Okay, go ahead. And he lost some weight. He lost quite a bit of weight, actually. Right. And he did it it for a month. Um, We we, we talked about this when, when this came out, in fact. I think we did. <laughs> we may have. It might say. have been all in your head, Gary. It, you know what? I think it may have been all in my head. Some other podcast talk so about it, I'm sure. His, 
His body mass index went down from 28.8% to 24.9%. His bad cholesterol dropped by 20%. His good cholesterol went up by 20%. He reduced his level of triglycerides by 39%. So you would think that this means that he was a, a, a fairly successful diet. But you said replaced some meals, not some all. Some meals. Because if you read down the rest of the article, there is a statement where he says basically... Well, when I was at home eating dinner, I ate vegetables because I didn't want my kids to see me eating like this. And he also made sure to tell his students who he was doing this for. It was kind of a demonstration that to lose weight, it wasn't about what you necessarily ate. It was about the amount of calories you consumed. So, so he, 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 was, he was getting uh, Twinkies and whatever, but he was limiting the number of Twinkies. He was just... Right. He, he was he, having like three or four small meals... He, he ate vegetables when he was with his family, so his kids would see him eating the vegetables. So he also drank protein shakes. That's a big thing as well. So his, his, but his en entire point was he was limiting himself to 1,800 calories a day, which I think he was consuming about 2,600. So he was slightly overweight, or at least above his ideal weight. And he was showing his class that you could lose weight because it's all about the caloric intake and not about the diet that you have. Right. It was what comes in, as long as it is less than what you're putting out physically, right. you will lose weight. So the context of last week's discussion was if you're having 1,500 calories of juicing drinks and getting the nutrition you need from vegetables and protein – or you're having uh, some shakes and uh, pro and vegetables of the day and then eating Twinkies to fill up the rest of the 1,500 calories. If it's 1,500 calories, you're going to lose weight, period. Right, but Compared that wasn't really what we, more. we were discussing. We okay. were discussing juicing as a new lifestyle, as this very almost religious act by certain individuals a miracle cure That's, almost kind yeah, of yeah it was the miracle cure type of diet that we were uh, which we as a society have like been the facing cleansing and, yeah. and all right that. we've it, been faced with like grapefruit diets for 30 40 years sure. well the juicers claim that you know you get the cleanse you get the detoxification you get all of these benefits and you lose the weight and most commonly People lose it in that first seven days because they're pooping a lot. Right. <laughs> it's got it's got a lot of roughage, so got, it's got a lot of fiber. Sliding some of that shit right out of you, <laughs> literally. Yeah, and it's, it's easier for for the body net usually to break down a liquid form than it is, say, a meat, right? Or the lean grief. <laughs> The green, the lean, greasy vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> the green, leafy vegetables, right? Because right. then it has to work at, whereas it doesn't have to work quite as hard. To... And these are the same people who are probably also using the squatty toilets so that they poop easier? I, Maybe. That doesn't enter into it. I was doing a callback. Yeah. I, I get it. Paul Walker. Yeah. Regardless, this was the, the link that we were given, was Mark Howe and the Twinkie Diet, to prove... About uh, it that doesn't matter Twinkies, that Twinkies that are nutritional, which I don't get because the article kind of refutes the point of the listener's feedback. Because the person was not living on Twinkies alone, right? And but he also the nutritionist professor also made to say you can't. This is bad for you. 
Right. <laughs> so and that that was the point. <laughs> the, the the point wasn't that Twinkies don't have calories. You can't. You just can't live off of Twinkies and Doritos and the whole thing. You can do it for a while, but eventually you need some real nutrition. You need the vitamin A, the vitamin C, the the vitamin iron, D, the iron, all of the you know the FDA pyramid kind of stuff. We, we and all the recommended daily allowances of all of these things. Oh wait, wasn't Hogue also taking? Some I think he was taking a multivitamin. Also, yeah. so pff. he took a multivitamin and drank a protein <laughs> shake. So. Two-thirds of his total intake came from this junk food. Yeah. He was limiting his calories in general, which made him lose weight, and that's what he was trying to prove. Right. And losing weight will improve certain conditions. If you are diabetic, you have high blood pressure, these things can be alleviated by losing some weight. They may not be completely gotten rid of, mm-hmm. but... It can alleviate if you're like a borderline, you may not have to be put on meds at that point if you, you know, you lost the 20 pounds or you might not be looking at getting insulin injections. You might just have to start watching your diet closer. Was there any follow up on did the guy gain weight back after he finished this experiment? Yes, because he went back to eating normally, normally the the normal caloric that you would need the, the, the whole thing. Is he was eating less than what his body absolutely needed to get through the day. So he he didn't change his workout. He didn't he didn't change what he did. He uh, he only changed how many calories he was taking in, and mm-hmm. therefore his body started using it more efficiently and using the fat that you know he had to lose to make up the calories that he needed to do his everyday life. And at some point, you have to get back to a stasis. Right? Yeah. You can't stay on that necessarily forever. And everyone's a little bit different. So, you know, if you're dieting or you want to stay thin, you have to balance what your body needs. All right. Everyone's a little bit different. So in in the end, we kind of we, – we accept the criticism that, yes, there is some technical nutrition in a Twinkie, but they are not nutritious. Correct. We're not trying to get in any sort of big argument with a listener or any of our listeners. You know what? We really do appreciate the feedback. And, you know, it did make us review what we had said. And we reviewed his article. I I disagree with his assessment of what we said. Yeah. I I think he's being a little bit more particular about the the words we used and perhaps the manner we said it rather than the overall idea of what we were trying to say. Right, because according to him, the only food that is basically has no nutritional value is water. I will give you that point. Technically, but even then I would say that nutritional value of water is the fact that it keeps you from dehydrating. Right. It's the Which solvent of all of life. It's yeah. important. Yeah. And then the, the other one is that he got on to me about saying uh, – about taking the liquids in and that you are going to lose weight because you're going to poop everything out and then you're going to be having just the liquid, right? Uh, and apparently <laughs> um, my point was that the solid mass that you have – not mass, but – the the mass that you have from the the solid waste is going to be greater than 
what you need for the liquid. And so you will lose weight because you get a lot of that out because you're no longer taking the it's not it's not the same volume. Right. It's not it's not the same amount. It's not the same mass. So you will poop a lot of your weight out. So you will lose weight because you're not carrying the poop around. Not that it stays liquid all the way through the body. You look confused. I don't follow your original point. I'm not sure. Sh- just the math, I'm not sure. I don't see. You can. Okay, you're fitting more in the. in When you juice, you're fitting more calories and nutrition into a smaller volume, into a liquid volume. Because everything's shredded down and so Yeah, okay. shredded and pulped and. Right. Beat so, you're not, up and... so you're not taking in, say, meat, right? So meat, uh, as far as the body uses is going to use what it can, but most, a lot of that gets put out. It's just a solid matter, right? Uh, poop. How do we get poop? I just, I, I find in entertaining the hand motions you are doing. <laughs> but- to, to tell us poop, you are doing like a canoe paddle motion. <laughs> <laughs> but also the human body, the, the, the intestines will tend to, retain some of that more massy poop yeah yeah it, well, it, it takes what it takes what oh curses uh 48 hours 72 hours for it to go from mouth to butt something like that three days for it to, to pass through oh faster if you put in an extra 50 bucks i guess yeah <laughs> what <laughs> Wow. wow. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> an ass the mouth joke. Nice. <laughs> hey, next up on the Skeptic Wire, you our did, version you, of the human centipede. You did say mouth that too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's how it starts, and then it's all downhill from there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Did that make you lose your place, Gary? Yeah. I was going off the rails anyway. Some of this, the poop, some of this refuse, human refuse, is contained in the, the intestines for a while. Longer than this traditional 72 hours Something it, it, well, it, 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 it gets all gets pushed through, okay. But when you you have the liquid on, I mean, it you don't have as much mass in your body when you're on the all liquid diet. That's why you lose weight quickly. The amount of calories that you get in in your juice is going to be less, so you don't have as much mass in your body, and, and that's why you lose because you're taking in less yeah, calories. You're, you're taking in less calories, but you're also taking in less mass. It's, right, and that's that's why you lose the weight because at some point, if you're taking the same amount of calories on a liquid diet, you're going to even out. Okay, you will lose the 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 larger mass that you already have, and you will replace that with the liquid, which also has fiber and a whole bunch. It does. I mean, it's partial. It's got solid matter in it, so you're still going to have solid matter in it. But my point was, you get most of the mass out of your body, and you still have mass. Yeah, you even out. Are you saying point. that the juicy poop weighs less than normal poop, and that's why it seems like you're losing weight? Yeah, pretty much, because the the calorie per mass is greater. Am I, am I not explaining this well? 
I understand it completely. This is a very disturbing thing to say in the context of this conversation, but I'm a very visual person. So I don't understand what you are trying to explain verbally. Okay. To get the same amount of calories in food versus your blended food, it's going to take up more space. Right. So you're full faster, though. But we're talking about the number of calories that you're trying to take in for mm-hmm. calorie counting. And you're doing it with the liquid. So you're, you're compacting your, your nutrition and your calories in, in a smaller amount of food. Right. You would take a big plate full of fruits and veggies and blend that down into just a glass. Perhaps. There's yes. less air space going on. Right. But you can also compact your the, a number of calories. How are you not understanding this? The number of calories. Okay. okay. You, have, you have two things. You have mass and you have calories. Correct? Yes. You need... You need the nutrition in the calories, not just Twinkies. You need the nutrition in the calories. And you are condensing that in your juice. It's a smaller weight and it's a smaller it's smaller volume. Smaller mass. I I'm really confused about how you're saying that the form of the intake of this stuff changes how it affects your body because I was saying you have a big old plate full of fruits and veggies. If you eat that all manually, you are getting the same calories and essentially the same volume as if you juice it down. But okay. Are you blending the meat? No, you're not. But that's what the chewing and the stomach is for. Okay. First of all, the meat in and of itself and corn, for example, is not, all processed. It's right. you have excess mass there. Mm-hmm. You don't get as much excess mass when you blend it and you juice, because okay. you're pulpifying it and your body can process that and break it down better. Okay. Okay. So your 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 ability to take the nutrients and the calories from that food is more efficient. So you don't need as much mass to do the same thing. Okay, now I understand. Okay. So and, and that that was that was my thinking when I when I went through this is you don't you're not taking in as much food to get the same result. So instead of having to eat three apples to get the nutrition out of it, because it is broken pre broken down for you in it's juice form, chewy. you only need one of those apples worth in your juice to get the same amount of nutrition is what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and so therefore you could you like I said you could break it down and so instead of being all this mass, you've lost a lot of that. Your body gets rid of it and so you lose weight just for that. You're not necessarily the first week breaking down the fat in your body and losing any real weight because if you start going back to your solid diet and eating more stuff, you're going to go back up. Because your body will be retaining that weight for, for the time period that you for the, that the, needs to break the it down. 48 to 72 hours yeah. that you're processing it. Yeah. 
and I mean, you can you can do this. You can go on the juice diet and you know lose uh, however many pounds <laughs> that you have, <laughs> and then go back to eating, and you will just gain some weight. Which is why weight isn't really the key factor in determining health. Right. A BMI is well. BMI sucks as a measure. <laughs> yeah, okay. But but really, kind of a, a full-on more assessment by is better than weight. Uh, who? BMI is better than weight. It gives it gives a little bit more information. Not much, but yes. Okay. It yeah. BMI is just a really bad yeah, we indicator. This. Yeah, we've discussed this in the past, and we've got other things to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, it's just be healthy and don't worry about fad right. diets. Anyway, so. So going back, going back to the uh, to our uh, email, um, basically it's it, we were told many times where podcasters fall short is when they start speaking in areas they are not experts. Okay, we're uh, not experts in hardly any of the things that we talk about, but when we do the research, we try and do well. Now, of course, Donna is an expert in anthropology. I'm becoming an expert in electrical engineering, which I don't often talk about because that's more technology than skepticism, but. When... Well, I would I would say that most of the anthropology stuff that we discuss isn't really is more science. It's more science, yeah. But we we, we talk... did that whole thing on the cell phone towers a few months ago, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there there's sometimes when it infringes, it certainly affects my worldview and how I approach things. We <laughs> never pretend to be experts yeah. on anything. the The whole idea of the show was just a few friends who got together and said, you know what, we entertain ourselves. When we're talking at events or whatever, some people might get along with us in having these kind of fun conversations, and we are not complete idiots. Right. Somebody – people enjoy being the fly on the wall of our extended conversations, and these are simply extension of our uh, skeptics in the pub, maybe it's a restaurant, conversations. <laughs> yes. We're not experts – in every field we talk about, and nor are we going to be. I mean, if if we did that, we'd be done with the podcast, and quite frankly, we're still having fun. So Yeah. And, and there's sometimes where if we're – there may be skeptical stories out there or people that we could talk about. Like today, when I was looking through birthdays, there was the option of Charles Keating, who was one of – was involved in the whole savings and loan scandal of mm -hmm. the 80s or whatever. Right. And – I did not really know enough about economics to really kind of comment well on that. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'll go with this other person who was also kind of skeptical because Keating was – there's a lot of economic stuff that I don't know enough about to really comment on. So I just avoid some of those topics entirely. Right. I know there's some friends of ours who said, hey, we think you should talk about economics and the skepticism of that. It's not particularly interesting to me on a personal level, and also there's just a lot I don't know about it. So I'm we're already pre-filtering ourselves anyway, is what I'm trying <laughs> to say, despite the fact that we make you know dick jokes on half yeah. their podcasts, but, but really, <laughs> and I mean, poop jokes. We 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 bring up topics that we think are going to be interesting for us to talk right. about, right? And we think that others might find interesting. Sure. And so if we get stuff wrong, great. We get stuff wrong. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, some of the stuff we say. And there are certain subjects that we are never going to tackle. Economics is probably one of those subjects. Because... In, in, in a small dose, as I can see us talk... I mean, mainly, like, finances that we're familiar with. Mortgages 
or I mean, I can do some stock stuff because I used to be really into the stock stuff. Back yeah. back or maybe news stories where somebody falls for a pyramid scheme sure. or something where right. that's more about the skepticism of psychology, which, you know, we all know a little bit about how believers just can fall for the story that's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Right. To turn around and say that we as a podcast should not discuss stuff that we are not experts in. That's pretty much leaving us, um, let's see here, folk music, um, <laughs> psychology, Wait, <jam> engineering, <laughs> engineering, and anthropology. Uh, film, which, film and music. Oh, and film. Film and music, yeah. And, and other forms of music. I yeah. Thank you for actually saying that there might be something I might be an expert in. <laughs> I was, but what I'm saying though is that would limit us so severely as a podcast Mm -hmm. it would really hamstring us yeah i'd get pretty bored and as much as i like talking about anthropology and i like talking about you know our our ancestors you can only there's only so many articles that come out about it we'd have it if we were based solely on that i'm sorry we'd have a podcast about oh once every four months and and (laughs) There are probably podcasts out there that are anthropology specific. We are very generalized podcasts for good or for ill that we just talk about whatever happens to be in the news that we find fun to talk about. Yep. So. So I apologize that we sounded ignorant. There there is valid criticism at some points of people in the skepticism movement. I'm going to try to leave this as general as possible. (laughs) Who maybe give presentations at conferences about topics they are not fully experts in or fully yeah. versed in. I can kind of see that, but we are not speaking at a conference. We, it, it's, we're not getting paid for this. Well, not, <laughs> not all of them are either, but this is more of just a chat show where we are trying to inform as best we can, but we also are trying to just be an entertainment and we don't pretend that we know more than we do, I but think. But at the same we're, time, we're also bringing up topics that we hope that you might find interesting. And that you, if you do, perhaps you will delve a little bit more into it. We are Maybe. a Sunday morning talk show. We are CBS This Morning. We are not a weekly documentary. That's <laughs> the best way to put it. We. I'm sorry. I'm not going to spend eight hours researching the exact calories in Twinkies or how exactly a juicing diet works on my gut (laughs) to know that what I see from people in the film world, predominantly actors and actresses who are all like, Oh my God, juicing is the best thing. It gets rid of your toxins. I know that that's the same bullshit as those what Shinobi feed things that they were selling at, you know, midnight on, you know, the channels of, it, oh, it releases the, the toxins, toxins from your, your feet. feet. It's a yeah. combination between the Shinobi foot pads and the, and the power band bracelet. Right. And we're at the level of skeptics who are doing our best to spread the message and get those, uh, in the context of this juicing conversation, low-hanging fruit of skepticism, <laughs> of... The power bands, the, no, I'm not talking about testicles, Gary. Um, <laughs> the, the power bands, the psychics, the whatevers of the big skeptical 
items. I mean, if you need help on neurology skepticism, yes, there is a very famous podcaster who knows exactly what he's talking about in neurology, but that's not all that podcaster talks about either. Yeah. So we're going to get things wrong. We're might get things right from time to time. We might entertain you. We might bore the living shit out of you, but we try our best. <laughs> but all in all, we do appreciate listener feedback. We love getting the comments that says, you know what? I think you were wrong. Yep. Yeah. Because that I, does I have happen. no problem with being told I'm wrong. Right. If, wrong. if we will then review. <laughs> if Shut we up, get Gary. The, if we get those comments... We actually do go in, read the comment. We all talk about it as a group and say, do you agree with him? Do you not? Well, this is what my research found. This is what your research found. We discuss it. Mm -hmm. And I think in this case, our listener was incorrect. I think that his argument was not fully formed. And... That's my stance. Yeah. I think also he read a little bit too deeply into what we were saying. Yeah, I mean. I mean. Come on, we were talking don't about take juicing us too and seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Tweaking? We're twerking? Yeah, twerking? Twerking. It's hard to do on a podcast. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, but but thank you. Thank you, sir, for, for your feedback. Thank you, so. Hey, yes. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> So speaking about getting things wrong in a big way, <laughs> tell us who got something was taken wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no about, transitional powers by Donna. <laughs> speaking about controversy. Paul Walker. <laughs> Paul Walker. Speaking about controversy, the Seralini paper. Uh, that, that makes that, the snack cakes. No, uh, this is the the one that was released last year with the tumor-filled rats about GMO and how GMO products affected these rats. They were fed like GMO corn or something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a very, very small study. Right, very small study. They were fed GMO corn in various percentages of 0, 11%, 22%, and 33%. And another group was fed GMO corn plus Roundup in their water, and a third mm. was just given Roundup. Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. And No it, wonder these rats got fucking tumors. Was, well, and there, was there a control group that got no GMO whatsoever? Yes. Okay. Yes, who also got tumors. Okay. Well, because the specific rats chosen for this study Our were prone tumor tendency tumors there are problems with the whole process of the study uh, one thing about the write up is there was no statistical analysis attached one of the big flags was they didn't release the paper to the scientific community they released it to a press conference at a yeah yeah uh, well they they yeah. gave they gave it to journalists and the journalists were uh, had to sign a non disclosure agreement so they weren't allowed to go and ask other scientists other what scientists they knew. Okay. or or scientists well assuming that they're right uh, uh, what the problem was so so there were so there were sort of problems and then and the whole thing was like oh look at what GMOs do to rats right what's it doing to you and this was paid for by like a anti GMO yeah. People anyway. Okay. Right. So, so it's okay. basically an Andrew Wakefield Lancet <laughs> sort of situation. In so my there's opinion. new developments going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the journal in which it was printed. So has... it, did, it did eventually get published. Yes. It, yeah. Okay. 
yeah, well, it, it was uh, published very soon after the press release. Okay, actually. But the journal Elsevier, Elsevier, Elsevier has retracted it. They basically said, um, we're no longer taking responsibility for this. Uh, it was, hint, hint, look that way. Look at Paul Walker. <laughs> it was actually, the, uh, it was Reed Elsevier's Food and Chemical Technology, Te- Toxicology Journal that printed it. Right. So, so not like the New England Journal of Science and Medicine. Not quite that even. big, but it is peer-reviewed. Is that actual? It's not a fly-by-night, this, you know, I only print what I want to kind of thing. So this was printed a year ago. And now they've retracted it because of the criticisms that scientists who know about such things. Not even just the techniques of this press conference and the the journalistic hold, but the science itself. The the science, exactly. Because basically the paper says GMO causes tumors when the evidence in a a really tiny group Mm -hmm. is inconclusive. That's honestly all you can say about it is that – it's inconclusive. It, it can point you in the direction to make a bigger study, but it doesn't sound like there was a bigger study follow-up even. Not as yet. Not yet. There may well be. Certainly more work needs to be done, but... Yeah. The retraction statement has a, a sentence that says, ultimately the results presented, while not incorrect, which is in parentheses, are inconclusive and therefore do not reach the threshold of publication for food and chemical toxicology. So they kind of backed away from it, but they're still holding on to it just that little bit with the, well, they may not be incorrect. (laughs) Right. Because they can't say that it was out and out. It's out and out wrong. It's like they can't prove the negative. Right. But they can say this isn't quite as strong as we would like it to be. So we're going to say, you know what, let's just leave this one off. Yeah. Of course, the lead author on the study is Sarah Lini, who is an anti-GMO activist. Despite making snack cakes. <laughs> is, is basically planning to sue the journal because he's saying that they're retracting it for reasons that they have – that in their ethics and their, the reasons for the retraction don't follow their own guidelines. So kind of a you're ruining our career lawsuit. Pretty much. So uh, Sarah Lini works with the University of, of Caen, C-A-E-N, in France. And he also works with a group called CRIGEN, the Committee for Research and Independent Information on Genetic Engineering. Sarah Lini said that the journal's criticisms of his work were, quote, unacceptable, end quote. Which well, is it's not interest- just the journal. It's no, it's a, uh, yeah. exactly. And well, he's also saying that they're bowing to pressure from uh, Monsanto and the GMO community okay. to to rid. So he's going to have to. I mean, there's there, there looks to be a big conspiracy brewing <laughs> about right. this. You disagree with me, so it must be you're getting paid off. Precisely, right? It's the big pharma argument. Yeah. And so basically the, the journal – I mean if you, if you read some other science blogs, uh, Neurologica, Science-Based Medicine, they've written up – when this first came out, they wrote up about the mm-hmm. original – the problems. And the problems have not been addressed. Well, sorry. They have been addressed, but the way I'm reading it is like, yeah, well, they do this kind of uh, thing. <laughs> well, For, you just don't understand science. So you're wrong. Well, no, it's, it's usually what you hear is 
sure, this study is wrong, but look at what Monsanto has done. You know, they mm-hmm. sue farmers. and There's a lot of apples to oranges arguments going on, yeah. and ignoring, especially in regards to GMO. And, and also ignoring that big old meta study that was recently done showing that most studies for GMOs don't show any detrimental effects. Right. right. A lot of the people that are ranting against GMOs, I don't think are necessarily looking at the big picture. All they see is this this big ugly monster. It's the big pharma sort of thing. Oh, look, it's going to, you know, hurt society beyond recognition and everything else. A lot of these plants, a lot of these GMOs are being developed so people have food to eat. Right. So that people in areas like in Africa where you can't grow enough grain to feed a population, they're able to do that. They're trying to grow a lot more food volume, but also they're just doing a lot of the changes are usually small tweaks. Growing rice just so it has a little bit more vitamin A in it. That's it. They're not creating tomatoes with tentacles. Right. It's not a case of you eat this rice and you're going to grow a second head. It's a case of this rice is more hearty and more likely to make to somebody's plate. Not that the rice will turn you into Zaphod Beeple Rocks. Yes. So on Seralini's page, it's uh, and it's gmoseralini.org, he responds to his critics. It looks like more that he's deflecting some answers as opposed to directly approaching the criticisms. For example, he says, criticism, Seralini's findings do not justify his conclusions. And his answer is, this criticism centers on the incorrect assumption that Seralini's study is a carcinogenic carcinogenicity carcinogenicity study and concludes that it is poorly designed for this purpose. But Seralini's study was not a carcinogenicity bugger, I can't say that word. But Seralini's God, this is a hard sentence. It's not a study of cancer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of carcinogens. But it's a chronic toxicity study. Despite the fact that the big thing that they were waving around was rats got tumors, which is cancer. Thus, Seralini avoided overinterpreting the increase in tumor incidence observed and did not claim that the maize and Roundup are carcinogenic to in humans. But he does say further studies must be carried out. So what he, what he does say, what, it, what is concluded is that NK603 maize and Roundup had serious toxic effects on rats, including kidney and liver damage, increased mortality, and increase in early development of tumors, especially in female rats. But apparently, because he doesn't give the statistics or all of the data to the people at large, apparently he did give all of the data to Elsevier, but the rest of the world hasn't seen all of the data. Okay. So it, we, can't, we can't draw that conclusion because he hasn't given – he didn't do a, an analysis and he hasn't given the data that the people right. who and understand. Right, and here's the thing. I'm, I went to this gmoseralini.org <laughs> and reading some of the responses on it. He says, first, even more, <laughs> worrying, even more worrying than the lack of good grounds for the retraction is the fact that the journal's editor-in-chief has not revealed who the reviewers were who helped him come to the conclusion that the paper should be retracted, nor has he revealed the criteria and methodology for their reevaluation. So he's bitching about the same shit that he did. Whereas the whole idea of reviewers being anonymous is so that you're not overly pressuring people and you can't 
take revenge on people for your paper not getting published or something like yeah. that for honest criticism. All right. True. And yet, originally, I mean, the the paper was accepted and published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get back to the, many of those who have denounced the study have long-standing, well-documented links to the GM industry and therefore a clear interest in having the results of this study discredited. Such lack of transparency about how this potential decision was reached is inexcusable, unscientific, and unacceptable. It raises the suspicion that the retraction is in favor to the interested industry, notably Monsanto, which are the exact same ideas, the exact same comments that came out out on the Wakefield study. The people who, when Wakefield's was retracted from the Lancet, these are the exact same argument. Oh, Paul Offit is just simply a shill for big pharma. For big vaccine. Yeah. My right. skeptic meter is pegged right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility that if you modify a plant or an animal, that it could have negative consequences. But these things are studied up the wazoo, I guess sometimes literally, where they if, if a product is actually dangerous, even evil Monsanto is not going to put it out on the market because they know they'd get bad press right. and they'd lose business. Well... I don't think that Monsanto is necessarily worried about bad press in regards to GMOs because they're already getting it and everything else. Yeah, but if but they got the entire the same- scientific community saying, we have documents of them saying, yeah, this is bad. This makes kids have cancer, but we're going to yeah. put it out on the market anyway. That is not what Monsanto is doing at any level. Right. I mean, and yeah, the amount shady- of lawsuits at that point, they wouldn't yeah. survive. But at the same time, Monsanto is... Not exactly angels. Steve Novella comments on the neurological blog about Monsanto has done some shady shit, like put spies in in Greenpeace, and which has yeah, not but been Walmart's vetted. Walmart's done some shady shit right. too, and you don't excuse them for that, right? But once again, you don't apples and you know your orange is not the same thing as an apple. Just because they put spies on Greenpeace doesn't mean that their product isn't a good product and it's product by product there might be a product that they find out three years later oops it has a small effect it can lead to dry eyes or something and so they take it off the market that's supposed to be the self-correcting nature of science we don't know everything but these things do get researched and people are not trying to put Franken foods out on the market to try to hurt people just to get something out there. It, Monsanto it, which, as a business may be a, a little shady, but the, there are plenty of scientists who are just trying to help people. Right. And grow rice and flour that lives in Africa so people right. don't die. And my other argument here is when you start hearing this anti-GMO, anti-climate science, anti-vaccination thing, this whole... Big, huge conspiracy, big pharma, big vaccine, big food, all of this jazz. The one thing about conspiracy theories is the more people involved in them, the less likely it's actually going to work. Yeah, there'd be a whistleblower, the guy who's in Russia. Um, Snowden. Snowden. It, but there is there is precedence because if you think about – and unfortunately, unfortunately I, I saw this and this has to do with more the, the climate denial uh, versus the tobacco company, but the tobacco companies hid the dangers of 
cigarette smoking for many years. Yeah. Now, it was well known amongst many doctors that there was a larger risk of cancer amongst smokers. But due to the lobbying efforts of the tobacco companies, uh, officially it wasn't recognized. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So there could be a, a certain be amount of, a, of, of conspiracy this with this going. But at the same time, it was the tobacco companies' research that were saying, but other scientists were showing that there was, mm. in fact. So there was good research showing that this was the fact. The that, only that, research that's showing really bad stuff with GMOs is not great. Right, it's reporting, it's, which it's, is why it's the this people article. who yeah. have like Saralini, uh, who has on on the banner of his website Roundup, you know, the world's worst killer, something, you know. So he's he's predisposed yeah. to to think this, and and he's kind of using it, it appears to do to be using hyperbole to make his point. I, I guess if you're the the maverick doctor, you you have to do such things, but it. Certainly doesn't help your case by doing that. Yeah, you know? uh, like uh, Michael Mann, for, you know the the climatologist. He's not saying over the top things. He's just saying what the science is, and and it's his science uh, about the climate is warming, primarily due to human activity, is well backed up by the majority of science that's out there. Right. In this particular case, I think that um, the GMO study was rightfully uh, retracted. Taken, retracted, yeah. From what I can see, and that is not to know. say that there might be more studies coming in the future sure. that might support this study or contradict it yeah. or whatever. Really, the the point is, if it, if, it if, was bad science, yeah, if Sarah Laney wants to prove his point, do a study that is. is to the standards yeah. of the people that expect to see, give the people what they want. Go ahead, prove <laughs> us wrong, win your damn Nobel Prize. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Put your put your science where your mouth is. And and if you think there is a GMO product out there that is bad, then tell us which product it is, and we'll fight alongside with you to say this should be banned. But the idea that all GMOs are on this, this umbrella of all being bad just because they are lab genetically modified as opposed to Human sexy modified. modified. Yeah. Uh, are, as opposed to artificial selection of just putting two cows in a pen and hoping they have the right kind of baby as opposed to genetically tweaking them in a lab. Yeah. That's still modification, but that lab not modification is worse in and of itself than putting two cows in a pen and hoping they like each other genetic modification. It's not necessarily one is better than the other. You're going to get cows with five legs sometimes when you just put them in a pen and hope that they have sex. So Gary, do you have a wrap up for us? Cause I think we've kind of don't beat... ask Gary to do a wrap, please. I'm a white boy and I'm a class B rapper. I wear cut clothes and they look real dapper. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow he's got street cred no he doesn't <laughs> the shock look on greg's face i'm trying to figure out if gary had that like prepared and he's been waiting 138 shows to finally get i to wrote say that, that in high school okay yeah that <laughs> sounded like like you had it in the, your bank somewhere yeah there's a there's right. a whole there's did a you whole ever thing. see the ready to pull out next to a french tour bus <laughs> all right so what did we learn today <laughs> What? 
you poke yourself in the eye? No, I just <laughs> never can write something down that you can read. <laughs> I did last week. So we learned that today was Gene Roddenberry. No, wait. Uh, Gene Manford's uh, birthday, who is no relation to Paul Walker. Or, who is also no relation to Jimmy. Jimmy or the Jimmy guy Walker. from Mumford and Sons. Or, yeah, precisely. We learned that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are sneaky bastards, and they'll they'll be able to flyer your house in no time at all, usually when you're away. The, the thing I always find interesting about Witnesses is that I either get visited by Witnesses or Mormons, depending on where I live. They never cross territories wherever I am. Uh, gang sign. I guess so. <laughs> or, or, or those little hobo symbols that people do. <laughs> Half of the fish. We learned that skeptic wires are fallible, but that's not going to shut us up. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't so far. And we learned that GMOs and Roundup are tasty, tasty, tumor-filled snacks. <laughs> no, wait. No, wait. We learned that they're not tumor-filled snacks, necessarily. <laughs> I don't know which is that but more appetizing. Hold on. But are they... Tumor-filled liquid snacks. Yeah, called serralinis. Are they? If you juice the rats filled with tumors, are they? Oh. Do they make you lose weight faster? Well, apparently, by the vomitous look on Donna's face, the make oh, her loop that's weighs just... loose. Well, juiced rats are called uh, serralinis. Okay. <laughs> you can get them at your uh, local health food store. <laughs> Back in the genetically modified section. Mm, juiced rats. <laughs> That's horrible. Anyway, well, so, no, what's really horrible is juicing the rat while it's still alive. <laughs> oh, I was, I was actually talking about steroids again. <laughs> no, no, so, so the rats are like, I will haunt you, doll. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be back. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be rot. It's called the uh, fallacy of equivocation, folks. <laughs> I think. Anyway, so uh, thank you for joining us this week. <laughs> thank you, Donna. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Donna. Fuck you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 That's pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's our style. <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Um, here's another thing that we could talk about. We blow them out of the water with our female content. <laughs> with our male-to-female ratio. Exactly. Um, the Nigerian who survived the tugboat. Oh, yeah, I saw because that. Because everybody's talking about, oh, it's divine intervention that this one guy was saved. It was pretty pretty miraculous. I mean, the, the little video of the diver going in to retrieve bodies, and he reaches up, and the guy grabs his hand. And you can just, I mean, honestly, you can hear the guy going, oh, shit, there's a live one. <laughs>
Right. For this week's podcast, I will be playing the part of Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit about what's going on. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We're screwed. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I did some reading this and thinking. I did some reading. I read Neurological's blog about the Sarah Lee. Incorrect in reference. Sucking in the skepticism, Gary Lawn. <laughs> yeah, it's not just sucking at skepticism. <laughs> it's swallowing it whole. Sucking that skepticism. <laughs> In all its creamy goodness. Sucking that ding-a-ling. Sucking that ding-a-ling. Sucking that log. Sucking that knob like corn on the cob. <laughs> Had a good time with the hash this weekend. Well, that's good to hear. With a girl. Uh, to, to help support gays and lesbians. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Hmm. Not Harvey Milk, because he died in the 70s. Uh, any more information? <laughs> so, 20 questioning this. Uh, male or female? Hold on, just just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a doctor's phone. She's just kind of like a. Are we doing this again? <laughs> Not another birthday. <laughs> Greg, you suck at this. I don't want to be your dog anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Chewbacca. Harpo, where's your bone? Get your bone. Where's your bone, Harpo? Go get it. Go get your no, bone. No, go get your bone. No. No, I don't think so. Crazy dog. Go away. Go Down. away. Down. Down. Okay, so I skip. <laughs> what was the question? Male or female? I think I said he. Science! <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to She Blinded Me with Science, and the way you do that is very... The beginning. Science! Science! <laughs> she blinded me, me with science! science. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I had to finish the phrase. <laughs> okay. bug you the rest of the podcast not me yep <laughs> OCD seriously yeah. so today when I was looking through birthdays there was the option of we're about an hour okay well we remember we have large swaths of that <laughs> yeah yeah maybe five Just or so five minutes, minutes yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised at how how little gets cut out, and, unless there's a big gap where one of us goes somewhere. <laughs> to have <laughs> private time. Because <laughs> to have a little private time is I what you're saying. I was stuck in traffic for an hour getting over here. I had to pee. He was <laughs> taking care of private time. I don't have to pee right now. <laughs> he was taking care of private time. 
He was masturbating on his motorcycle? I'm not on my motorcycle today. It was too foggy. I was I was worried about riding in the fog this morning. You were sec- you were masturbating in the sexy mama mobile? Absolutely. Because, you know, people can see into it, except for the big trucks. Speak about that. No, no, never mind. <laughs> I, no, no, I have to say this. This is... God, I, I uh, had to use one of the, the stalls at, at, at UTSA to, to pee uh, the other day. And I think someone had been wanking in the stall. <laughs> I was like... This place gets more and more disgusting as the semester goes on. <laughs> the way you said that, the first time that I ever took Mike to Paris, I took him on a tour because I was like, it's going to be a lot easier to 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 see a, a lot of things in a quick succession in time mm-hmm. on a tour. And we're on this tour bus and it's going around the Lac de Triomphe, which is, if you're familiar, it's eight lanes of traffic it's an eight lane traffic circle sure the parliament kids big ben <laughs> parliament big ben yeah sort of thing well there was a guy in basically like a pickup truck who would come up to the tour buses just spanking that monkey for all it was worth <laughs> And so, like, we look over, and we've got little kids on our tour, and suddenly everybody's, like, moving the kids to the center, because we're all like, (laughs) oh, wow. And, I mean, this guy was just going for it. Seriously, I thought he was going to hurt himself. (laughs) In the furiousness of his masturbation, or the fact that he was driving in a circle in a pickup truck while trying to masturbate. Right. So, we are, we kind of... That was an either-or question, not a yes question. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just the furiousness at which okay. he was. You thought he was going to broke his penis. Yes. <laughs> furiousness. He really was. He's like angrily, <laughs> angrily spanking him. He kind of was. <laughs> but what was funny is somebody. Up, mom. <laughs> somebody alerted the driver. Somebody alerted the driver. And so the guy, you know, was like, Change oh, lanes. hey. So he got away. And I'm not kidding. We watched this guy. Zip to another tour bus. I was all like, so obviously a He's little bit of fetishy. fetishy. Everybody's got to have a hobby, I guess. <laughs> I want to know how you come up with that one. Tour bus. Wanking. Awesome. <laughs> some childhood memory or something or just some girlfriend said, hey, let's do this. And who, who it became interesting how, to him. Who knows, who knows how kinks come about? I mean... Kinks, not, well, not yeah, duck usually, kinks. We know you, how they form. Yes. Usually you take two parts of the hose and you put one hand here and one hand there and then you squeeze it. Oh, oh no. Oh, you're talking about a garden kinks. hose. Garden yes. hose. Okay. Garden hose. Oh, God, that just reminds me of the, the ketchup joke. <laughs> right, do you not know this joke? I, I, maybe this not. This is all getting cut, but okay. <clears throat> so, uh, the... The the freshman girl new to the dorm is uh, has been asked out, and uh, she they're they're on the third date, and so she's really nervous about about going out on this third date. So she talks to her her roommate. She says, "You know, I'm I'm really nervous about going on the third date because I know the third date is when you're you know something's supposed to happen. Like at the very least, I think he's gonna want like me to touch his penis and 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 and." masturbate him and the roommate is sympathetic knowing how naive this girl is 
And she says, well, tell you what, go practice on a ketchup bottle. Okay. And, um, and then uh, that'll teach you what you need to do. And so uh, the girl goes out on the date eventually, and she comes back like an hour later just bawling her eyes out. She's like, he, it, it's horrible. He started screaming and yelling, and, and he kicked me out of the car, and I had to walk home from the, you know, drive-in movie. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean? What were you doing? Well, I did what you asked. I, I practiced on the ketchup bottle. It's like, well, how are you practicing? (laughs) (laughs) You've never heard that joke before? Maybe. Maybe Uh, I have. Anyway. Um, So speaking about getting things wrong in a big way. (laughs) You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 